Awesome. Thank you so much, Adele. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? It's strictly the hardcore in God's house this morning, isn't it? Look at these hardcore Sunday-going churchgoers, hey? Uh, it is school holidays and a few people away, but that's all right. We're still going to lift his mighty name anyway, aren't we? Uh, so Pastor Jacob's preaching down in Armidale at Champion Christian Lake Church. I hope I got that right. I've got to remember all these churches when he's away preaching so I can tell you guys. Uh, it's a big job I've got to do, you know. Uh, but anyway, we know he's going to be a blessing down there. And we also got a team going into our Wanneroo Nursing Home as well this morning. And we know uh, they're uh, going to be a blessing there as well. So praise God, eh? Hey, how good was that worship? That, that, the keys, while we are doing soul focus, it was just like you could have sat there forever. I was going to say, I'll watch Adele get up and, <laughs> and talk. That's why I was uh, smiling and, and having a bit of a giggle. Uh, but yeah, we're doing the You, Me, God series. We're wrapping up. There it is um, on the screen there. We can, can barely see over this keyboard, Karen. <laughs> no, I'm just... Nah. Um, the You, Me, God series. So it's the third week. We're wrapping up today. Uh, the first week we talked about different kinds of people and, uh, you know, whether you're a task-orientated person or a people person, we're all created in God's image, aren't we? We're all designed a certain way and that's to be in relationship. And uh, somebody politely corrected me, uh, our Kidsmen director, uh, Joyce, she said, Mel, because I've been saying... If you're a task-orientated person, when you get an invite, you want to know what time does it start, what time does it finish, uh, and um, what else have I been saying, uh, what do I need to bring? If you're a people person, you're like, well, who's going to be there? Are we going to have fun? Who else is going? And I've been saying, don't necessarily rely on them to bring anything. And she said, Mel, I'm a people person, but I always bring a plate. And I said, well, I stand to be corrected. I apologise. So any people people out there, people persons, um, sorry about that. I stand to be corrected. But, you know, we talked about walls that some of us have erected around our hearts, you know, where we push people away and we push God, um, we push him out in the process. And, 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 and we make it difficult to be in, in relationship for what we'll design for. Uh, and it's interesting that some people can be surrounded by uh, support loving people that God has placed in their life uh, yet they still consider themselves lonely they, they still consider that, that, that they don't have the right help or the right uh, support when it's just a matter of them themselves bringing down those walls and accessing the love and the relationship that's available to them. You know, I see it so many times. You're surrounded by so many great people yet you're still struggling within and you think you're lonely and you think you need a certain type of help but it's right there in front of you. Uh, the answer is already there. And, uh, and so we made a decision. We spent some time making a decision to, to come on in, Mel. There's a seat there for you waiting. It's got your name written on it. <laughs> and, uh, and so we made a decision to, to bring down those walls, didn't we? We had a moment in church and, and, um, and, we, and we decided to, to put our trust in God and to trust God to protect us emotionally. And so last week we talked about boundaries and uh, boundaries in relationships and establishing boundaries in our relationships. You know, our God is a boundaries guy, isn't he? And, um, and, and we see that through the Trinity and just the boundaries that, you know, they all have their own function. Uh, their own uh, what their own what they do in their relationship as they relate to each other. Jesus himself modelled boundaries uh, in his relationships and ministry when he walked here on this earth. 
earth. And if you miss those messages, I really encourage you to jump online and have a listen. I know you will be blessed. We, you get an email each week. Have you been getting the emails from me? And uh, you just click on it and you're there. Uh, it can't get any easier. And so I know you'll be blessed. So click on the link and have a listen. Uh, and so, But last week we finished off and we were talking about how everybody has a God-shaped hole within them. That's what we. That's that's where we finished, and 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 it's an, a hole within you that only God can fill, and that's where I want to land this series this morning. I, I'm talking about our relationship with God, the most important relationship of all. You can't go past your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus Christ, the Author and Perfecter of your faith. You know, lo- not long after I got saved, uh, saved, and I was single uh, at the time. Um, I made a decision and I knew within me that it was absolutely essential before I entered into another relationship, before I entered in, that I would first and foremost make a solid commitment to building and developing and strengthening and nurturing my relationship with God. I knew within me that that all my relationships in the past had been codependent, had been unhealthy, uh, and I knew that that I had to spend time, if I wanted to do things differently, if I wanted a different outcome, if I wanted to do things God's way, that I had to spend time uh, strengthening and developing my relationship with Jesus Christ. I knew, uh, I knew I wanted a different way, and I knew what had to come first. And, uh, and so I had to build a strong foundation um, to really get to know this God of ours that, that, that breathes love and relationship, who is love and relationship. That's who he is. There's no two ways about it. Uh, th- this God who designed me and, and who knows who I am, who can tell me uh, who I am in him, my identity in him, uh, where I find my foundation for all other relationships because it's off that relationship that then you're launched into your relationships. And so we all want healthy relationships, don't we? We all want successful uh, relationships. We want great marriages. Uh, We want great relationship with our kids, solid friendships. We want to have good working relationships as well with our team members, our co-workers. Uh, we We don't want to be in unhealthy relationships. No one wakes up and says, gee, I'm just so happy with this extremely toxic, unhealthy relationship I'm in. I mean, we're not happy about it, are we, when we have um, unhealthy relationships? We want to have success in our relationships. We want to grow as people, as individuals, each and every one of us. And to do this, it has to come back to our relationship with God. Whether you're single, married, uh, newly married, been married for 50-odd years, about to be married... Whichever one it is, we can all work on growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ, strengthening and nurturing it, uh, the single most important relationship of our lives. And so in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. And so it's hard to love God with everything you have if you first don't know how much he loves you. It's pretty hard to reciprocate that love if you don't know how much he loves you. Uh, and, and, and we know how much God loves us because the Bible says that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. While we're still sinning our little heads off, just sinning all around the place, he died for us. It wasn't anything we did because we were just being sinners. Uh, it wasn't about our performance. We didn't choose him. He chose us. He chose us. He chose you. Out of his great love. 
And, you know, some of us doubt God's love for us because of the relationship we have with others. You know, broken relationships, rejection, hurt, abuse, and we doubt, how could God love me? You know, some of us, through our own poor choices, we doubt God's love for us. It's like, how can God love me? Look what I've done. Look what I've been doing. Look what I'm thinking about doing. How can he love me? But, you know, God's love is steadfast and unchanging. Steadfast and unchanging. God's love comforts us. Uh, God's love is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. God's love is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I've heard it preach, you know, God's love is not an if kind of love. It's not if you do this or if you do that, then I will love you. And it's not a because kind of love, because you do this or because you do that, then I love you. But it's a in spite of kind of love, in spite of our failures, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our shady past, and few of us have some shady past in this room, or maybe it's just me, <laughs> in spite of, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our faults, he loves us, he loves you, and, and no one is disqualified from the love of God, nobody, and it's important that we don't disqualify ourselves why we were still sinners Christ died for us and it's because of God's great love for us that then then we're able to love him back with everything we have as he pours out his love into our hearts then we're able to love him uh, as it says with with all our soul with all our heart with all our strength and with all our mind and so to love God to grow in relationship with him is to get to know him more that's all it is you know just hanging out with him as you would with any other person how do you get to know someone you spend time with them what what is love love is setting time aside for somebody and it's exactly the same as with growing in relationship with God is setting time aside to hang out with him God hangs <laughs> God hangs Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says this you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart you know, God is not a distant God. You know, he's not hiding from us. He didn't, he didn't create us and the rest of the universe and then just disengage. That's not the type of God we serve. He, he didn't create us and then just leave us to our own devices, uh, just checking out. He hasn't done that. He, he desires to be in a personal relationship with you. A and we get to be in a personal relationship with the God of the universe. I mean, it doesn't get mu much cooler than that. I mean, think about that. We get to be in a personal relationship with the God of the universe. It, 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 what a privilege. What an honour. And so we need to get to know him, to build a relationship, knowing who he is and who we are in him. It's so very integral for every other relationship because it all bounces off that. You know, finding our identity in him, our security, our worth, our significance, uh, um, laying the foundation for all other relationships. And we do this by spending time in his word through prayer, through worship, what we just did this morning. Uh, just even while the keys, love your singing, but even while the keys are playing, you're spending time with God, allowing him to minister to you, to speak to your heart. Uh, you know, when I first became a Christian, I got taught uh, the importance of quiet time with God, that it was essential to my Christian walk each day. 
uh, laying a strong foundation, building your relationship with Jesus Christ. I got, I got taught the importance of reading my Bible. Uh, I got taught the importance of prayer and worship and being in church. And, and I'm so grateful for those that discipled me, so ever grateful. And to be honest, and, and I know it's not in this church, but I'm absolutely amazed at the amount of people uh, that don't read their Bible. And I'm not talking about new Christians of who are just starting the journey and, and just figuring it out, but I'm talking about supposedly mature Christians, even uh, people that are in positions of, of leadership, uh, wanting to experience the fullness of God, wanting God to move powerfully in their life, wanting to walk in all God has for them, yet not being in God's word. The very thing that's going to transform them, the very thing that's going to just move powerfully in their lives from the inside out, um, the very thing that's going to, where they're going to find their identity in Christ, where they can embrace who they are. Um, Hebrews 12.2 says this, For the word of God is alive and active, uh, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible is alive and active. It's so much more than just having knowledge of scriptures. We can know the scriptures. Um, and even on the way here, I think one of the kids said, what are you preaching on? And I said, basically about reading your Bible. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but once you've read it from start to finish, aren't you done? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's so powerful. It's, and it's hard to describe that to an eight, nine-year-old kid, uh, um, the, the power that comes through. It's living and breathing. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is living and breathing. There's so much mystery in it. I mean, you can, and I said to them, you will read it until uh, you go to heaven and you'll still be learning stuff. They nearly fell out the car. They're like, are you serious? It's just a book. And I'm like, no, it's so much more than a book. Uh, it's, it's not just a collection of words. It's so much more. And John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. <laughs> they nearly fell out of the car. I cracked myself up. And the Word was God. <laughs> he was with God in the beginning. Uh, verse 3, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then we jump down to verse 14. It says this, The word became flesh. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. It's talking about Jesus Christ here. 100% God and 100% man. You know, Jesus is the word. He is the truth uh, who became a man yet still was God. I mean, you can't even wrap your head around that. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I think you said that this morning. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. You can't separate Jesus' words from who he is. You can't separate the two. The word became flesh. The word, the word, Jesus is the word incarnated. And so to know God and to grow in relationship with him is to know and receive Jesus Christ. 
And to know and grow in relationship with Jesus Christ is to abide in his word, to remain in his love. Uh, John 15 verse 1 says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear, bear fruit, he prunes so that, so that it will be even more fruitful. <laughs> Struggling to read. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Re- remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's a lot of remaining in, wasn't it? (laughs) Remaining in. That's being connected to the source, isn't it? You can't expect uh, fruitful, healthy, successful relationships if you're not putting Jesus Christ first, if he is not... Uh, your source first and foremost we have to be connected to the source Jesus said no branch can bear fruit by itself he's the vine we are the branches and God is the gardener I don't know about the pruning bit you know the pruning can get uh, a bit painful right but but we just read as he prunes and yes it's painful and yes it hurts but why so we can become even more fruitful and I don't know much about gardening at all you should see our garden actually um but as you prune then you get more fruit right i know that much same with us so it hurts as we go through the process but it's for a purpose it doesn't mean that god's turned his back on us it doesn't mean that he doesn't like us or he's angry with us he's doing something amazing in you and through you so you can produce even more fruit and the fruit we develop are the fruits of the holy spirit so we got love, we got joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness. I was long-suffering, <laughs> like I know that fruit real well. Real well. <laughs> long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And who knows, you've got to know uh, if you've been on this earth long enough that you need all those things <laughs> for healthy relationships, for marriages, for friendships team members no (laughs) we need the fruits of the spirit don't we so need them those that abide and belong to jesus christ and have crucified the flesh and are led by the holy spirit produce the fruits of the spirit amen and you know it's so much more than just reading his word as well uh you know it's it's taking that next step and being obedient to his word You know, Jesus says a number of times, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And he says, if you love me, you will obey my teaching. And and James chapter 1 verse 22 says this to 25, do not uh, merrily, merrily, always get that word wrong, listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, it's interesting, the perfect law that gives freedom. You know, sometimes we think it's controlling and bounding us up and I just don't want to do what it says and, and all that. But it says the perfect law that gives freedom. That's where we find our freedom. We think the opposite. But that's why God's, God's ways and his thoughts are higher than our ways and thoughts. He's, it's, it's opposite to the world system. And so uh, looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. And so it's listening, it's trusting and it's obeying. Listen, trust, obey. Listen, trust, obey. You know, obedience triggers the miraculous. And we all want God to do miracles in our lives, right? We all have areas in our lives where we're just like, I don't know how this is going to pan out in the natural. We want a miracle in our life. Obedience triggers the miraculous. And not how you think either. You think, well, if I be obedient here, but I'm wanting this over here, you don't know how God's going to connect stuff up. He doesn't just go from A to B in case you hadn't noticed, he loops around all over the place. <laughs> it's like, praise God. But this is where trust is built. This is where strength is built. This is where character is built. So important. You know, when our kids are obedient, there's harmony in the house, isn't there? Uh, there's, there's just a flow, uh, you know, and, and there's harmony. But when they're disobedient, they're still our kids and we still love them. Uh, but there's disharmony in the relationship, isn't there? There's, there's tension, there, there's no flow. And, and it's exactly the same with God, you know. It, uh, it's like just because we're, if we're being disobedient, he still loves us, we're still his kid, but it kind of breaks that relationship. Not breaks it, you're not separated because in Jesus Christ, if you, you know, you're connected, but the, there becomes a disharmony in the relationship. And it's, it's exactly the same principle if you can relate it to your kids, if you have kids, if not. Yeah, just go find a kid. <laughs> um, but obedience is the key to growing and strengthening our relationship with God, to building and laying that strong uh, foundation. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I reckon we all want to be on the rock, right? The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I just like saying rock, Jesus Christ, foundation, strong. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. You know, Daniel in the Bible was a great example of putting God first. If you think about uh, his story, and if you don't know it, then I encourage you to go to the book of Daniel and have a read about him. Uh, such an awesome example. You know, despite the distractions, despite the expectations, the challenges, and, and all the stuff that he faced, he did not waver. He kept his eyes firmly fixed. He didn't look to the left or to the right. Uh, he was loyal. And he focused on his relationship with God. Despite all he had coming up against him, he continued to pray, he continued to worship, and he continued to stay committed to God's word. And, and we read about God moving powerfully in his life. You know, God rescued him from the lion's den. Uh, he became advisor to three separate kings. 
I mean, only God does that sort of stuff. God used him powerfully. Obedience triggers the miraculous. Obedience triggers the miraculous. And if you want to see God move powerfully in your life, it's not overly complicated. You know, we complicate things as human beings, I think, and we fluff it all up and and just make it all complicated when it's just simple. It's simple obedience to God, simple obedience to his word. And it's all in the Bible. And again, my Bible is here, (laughs) just down there. (laughs) So if you're here this morning and you're struggling uh, with your identity, back to that back to that god-shaped hole because yeah you can come up and play keys thanks you know some of us are trying to fill that through going to 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 different relationships or however we're trying to do that but if you're struggling in your identity your worth your foundation uh, your security your significance i really encourage you to go to the scriptures and find out who you are in jesus and i'll tell you what you'll find there this is what this is what you'll find You'll find that you're a child of God, that you're the light of the world. It's pretty impressive. In Jesus, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're a member of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special possession. You're God's own special possession, Rose. That's who you are in him this is good news you're Christ's friend imagine being considered a friend of Christ I don't know if you remember that song I'm a friend of God wouldn't mind whipping it out one day I'm a friend of God he considers us his his friend that's special you'll find out you're a new creation you're a saint so, and that's the difference. You're a saint who sins. It's not saying you're perfect. You're a saint who sins. You're not a sinner who is sometimes a saint. You're a saint who sometimes sins. We're all on a journey. We're not perfect. I get it wrong. You're one in spirit with him. And you're complete in him. You won't need to go to anybody else to get that God-shaped hole filled within because you're complete in Him. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. In Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So you've been brought to fullness. You're already complete in Him. There's nothing else more for you to get except accessing his word and speaking it out and just choosing to believe. Because aside from simple obedience is just simply believing. That's all it is. Stop arguing with God. Stop telling him, but this, but that, but this, but that. He's saying, no, it's this. And if you think about arguing, you're arguing with the creator of the universe. Sometimes I'm doing, I'm like, how am I not going to win here? And so it's replacing those lies that we've grown up with or that have been thrown at us or that we're telling ourselves. It's replacing those lies with God's truth. And as you begin to do this, you'll find your relationships. First, you'll transform within yourself because that happens first. 
love your neighbour as you love yourself. And so that happens first. And then the overflow of that. And then you begin to see healthy, successful relationships flourishing. But it has to start with him and with you and then out from there. And so as you stabilise in your relationship with, uh, with God through the word, as you have a strong foundation, as you put him first and foremost as being the single most important relationship in your life, as you grow in him, as you find out who you are in Christ, as you abide in his word. Remember John chapter 15, remain in me. Let my words remain in you. I'm in him and he's in me. And we're all just all in it together. I can't remember it. <laughs> you know, wives and husbands should love Jesus more than they love their spouses. You know, we as parents should love Jesus more than we love our kids. Because then they can love with the right kind of love. When you love Jesus more, then you can love your husband or your wife more with the right kind of love. And when you love Jesus more than your kids, then you're giving your kids the right kind of love. So it's putting Jesus first before your spouse and even your children. A love that produces the right fruit. You know, for me, if anything happened to Jacob, as much as I love him, I know I'll be okay. You know, I was good before he came along because I took that time to establish that foundation in God to know who I am in him. And yes, it's a process. And yes, sometimes you get a little bit rattled. But I know I'll still be good because of who he is. And I just want to finish with a scripture this morning. And it's from John 15 again. And maybe if you go home and just read John chapter 15, 14 and 15 if you can actually. We've got some homework for today. We've got a smaller group, so we'll get homework. <laughs> John chapter 14 and 15. Anyway, verse 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Imagine joy complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. There we have it there. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you and this is my command to love each other and so through relationship with god comes relationship with others amen amen let's pray lord we just thank you for your word father god we thank you for truth we thank you for your son jesus that came and brought your love to us we thank you that we are able to be in relationship with you and, and grow in relationship with you. And I pray for each and every single person here, Lord God, that they take that step closer to you, Father. And for those that are struggling to know who they are in you, Lord, and really for each and every, we can all uh, be more secure in who we are, Father God, that you'd minister to us, Lord God, that you give us fresh revelation, Lord, that our roots would go down deep in you, Lord. We thank you that you're our strong foundation, Father, that you are our rock, and that you love us with an unfailing love. 
We pray that your will be done in our lives, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen, amen.